Hi, everyone. Welcome. This is your Cyber Path. It's the podcast that helps you get your dream cybersecurity job. I'm Kip Boyle. I'm here with Wes Schreiner, and we are experienced hiring managers of cybersecurity professionals, and we want to hear from you. Give us some feedback on the show. Uh, maybe you just want to say you like something or you didn't like it. Maybe you've got a question you'd like us to answer on a future episode. Whatever it is, visit the show page at anchor.fm forward slash your cyber path. And when you get there, there's a message button. Just click on it and start talking to us. So on today's show, what we want to do is help you construct a great job history section for your resume. So we're going to share some things with you like what goes in there, how much detail should you include, and how do hiring managers actually evaluate that section? You know, Kip, I'm looking forward to this week. It's going to be a good topic. I think we're going to get a lot done. Definitely. But now I'm nervous about talking to you about my job performance. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all? That's a hard conversation, right? It's really hard to walk in and say, I am really good at these things and these things and beat my chest and tell you greatness. Uh, we're not trained to do that. And that's not what we're going to be asking you to do today either. Good. Uh, I do need to tell you that uh, this has been a fun week on the farm. The... Uh, uh, the perch for the peacocks broke. Uh, they, they've been flying, they're heavy, and they, they broke the wood for the perch for the peacocks. So the boy has decided he needs to, to replace that perch. Uh, okay, which boy? What are we talking? Who's this the boy? This is the teenager, right? The teenage ah, boy. Okay. So he gets out the chainsaw, and he is, is off to go cut down a tree, maybe a three-inch maple, three-inch alder, something like that, uh, and, and clean it and then throw it in there as a perch for the peacocks, maybe 20 feet long or so. All right. The chainsaw is away getting sharpened right now. Uh-oh. Missing, missing a key tool here. Yeah, it, it is, right? Because how are you going to cut this down? He grabbed the, the lawnmower, put the trailer on the back, grabbed uh, two different axes, uh, one double uh, two-sided, two-headed axe, and, and a little bit smaller one, and, and the machete, and said he's going to solve this problem the old fashioned way by right? going to his elders and whining. No, Isn't that the old fashioned way. <laughs> no, he, <laughs> he, he drove the, the little tractor over with the trailer. He uh -huh. used an ax to cut down the tree, clean wow. the wood, clean the wood with the machete, throw it on the back of the trailer. And he's hung it in the peacock arena uh, aviary as a, as a perch. And I didn't have to be involved. And wow. I'm telling you that because that's a really cool thing from a management perspective. When your people can solve problems, even when the chainsaw is not available, that's right. a cool thing. Because it's not about the chainsaw, is it? It's about no. a perch for the peacocks. It's it's bird time. we got to take <laughs> care of the bird. Well, and I think you're right. It is a management, uh, it is a management issue. These are the kinds of people we want on our teams. And and it's, it's our uh, job to find those people and resumes, as we've been talking about now for the last several episodes, resumes are an important tool that we can use. It's our chainsaw, so to speak, <laughs> to find the people that will behave this way when we invite them to join our team. So each section of the resume tells me something about how you communicate with a different audience, right? Mm -hmm. The summary section tells me how you're going to talk with my boss. What I want you to show me is you can be brief, be brilliant, and be gone. I love that. I just love that. <laughs> I'm, I'm always, I'm, I am now looking for 
times to use that, even <laughs> with my children. I don't think they're going to understand. But The skill section, uh, and that's the next section in your resume, tells me how you're going to talk with your peers. And, and I want you to show me in there how you can organize your skills and how you can present them in a way that, that lays it out, uh, both saying what you can do, operational skills, without being aspirational, pretending to do something you don't know how to do, because you will be asked about it. Right. Now, listeners, if you missed the previous episodes <laughs> where we talked about the summary section and the skills section, go back and listen to it, because this, you know, these, are, these are important things you're communicating to your future boss. So, and that's a big deal because future boss means that someday I'm going to be a past boss, right? Yeah. So this section that we're going to talk about today is your job history. It tells me, how are you going to talk about me someday, right? What did you right. do while you were with me and what was the environment and the experience? So it's yeah. really important to me that you speak well of your previous experiences because I understand I'm going to be one of them someday. Yeah, and that actually goes back to uh, two, I think it was two episodes ago, we talked about personal reputation. We talked about as a candidate, you know, what are people going to say about you and what you put in the job history, you're, you're actually going to be telling us, like revealing to us your personal reputation before we ever do the first reference check. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, uh... If I were to start off, we'll start off with the fundamentals, right? The right. very simple space. I want you to start with a verb. <laughs> okay, so this is how you're actually going to write the job history section. This is this is our recommendation to you, listeners. This ah, is how yes. we think you should do it. Now, um, you know these these are the rules as we see them. But you know, rule. Here's the thing about rules: if you understand the rules really, really well, then you can probably break the rules from time Anytime to time. You want. And, and do fine. But if you don't even know what the rules are, then you, you can't be the kind of master that sort of, you know, mix it up as they go along. So let's go ahead and step through it. So, okay, Wes. Understand I, this is also a style it? issue, right? So I'm offering you uh, uh, Wes's style, right? Kip's style. Right. Um, and it could be that you, you uh, uh, and I'm in Seattle, right? It could be that the people in Maryland have different expectations for a resume. I, yep. I can't speak to that. Right. Uh, I'm a fifth generation Washingtonian, so I, I can't speak to things on the other side of the country. And, well. and the fact that you said it, Washingtonian, tells me something about your family's <laughs> reputation. <laughs> so uh, uh, with that, I'll let's caveat with this is the Seattle culture that I'm offering here. But I, yeah. I'd really like to see uh, I'd like to see it start with a verb. I'd like that verb to be past tense if it's a previous job and mm -hmm. present tense if it's a current job. Okay, that seems very basic. What else? Uh, I want you in the first five words to tell me what the subject is, and we'll give you an example of this in just a minute. But all right, um, uh, the subject of your of your um, uh, your bullet the thing that you did the thing, right? So uh, as simple as uh, a quick uh, a past tense verb. How do we do that? Uh, I fed the cat, right? Mm -hmm. If fed the cat was that's three words, and you just gave me a past tense verb and a subject, right? Fed and, cat. and then the third part of that bullet is really important. It's it's something you delivered, something you measured, something I can I can hold on to that says you did more than fed the cat, right? Mm. I fed the cat five ounces of milk. Now that is a very specific past tense action to a thing with a measure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and an even better measure would be. 
you know, I fed the cat five ounces of milk and it doubled in weight in, you know, Thank a month you. or whatever. Baby kitty. Baby kitty yeah. grows. Yes. Yeah. And started catching mice and taking them away. And that was awesome. <sighs> and doing all its all its uh, farm demanded jobs. <laughs> Good job, kitty. All right. <laughs> so let's uh, let's see some examples of what. A yeah. good uh, past tense verb, noun, and measurement might be, right? Great. Yep, uh, let's do it. Deployed network access control to 80% of company endpoints. Is that it? I did a thing to a thing uh, and, and, okay. and this All many, right. right? Okay, yeah. Okay, cool. So deployed network access control. So deployed is the verb. Network access control is the subject. 80% of company endpoints, that's what I was able to actually deliver. Wonderful. And it'd be a great conversation in the interview for how did you pick those 80%? What happened to the other 20%? Right. Why, Why did you decide 100? to do them, not do them, right? Yeah. Which network access control product did you guys actually deploy? What a great conversation. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And then you could even say something like, and you know, after we selected that product, we got a couple of surprises and here's how <laughs> we worked around those. That's right. Leave me some candy there. We can talk about in the interview. All right. Great. What's another, another example? Architected CASB implementation for Fortune 500 company. Mm. Right. I architected an implementation of CASB, but notice I didn't say architected an implementation of CASB. I said architected CASB implementation. I want to keep it as, as efficient as possible to go from what I did on what thing and then go to measure it for Fortune 500 company. Yeah. Right? Now, that's really interesting because it says something about scale, right? It does. It does. And to be clear, you don't have to have the same measure for everyone, and it doesn't have to be a percentage every time. Yeah. Um, what you did and what your role there is more important to me than uh, that you conquered the world, right? So, so here's another one introduced and, and this is a compound sentence so let's play with this one okay introduced firewall rule objects so a verb and and an object mm -hmm. to simplify firewall rule infrastructure period second sentence removed 600 plus redundant point-to-point -point rules while better segmenting the network okay so yeah that is a big one it kind of uh really stretches the limits here doesn't it it does, and I'm kind of playing with it a little bit, but I think this one's safe, and here's why. Because I introduced firewall rule objects. Great. I know what the topic is. And then the second sentence, remove 600 plus redundant point-to-point -point rules. Wow. How cool is that, that I can have a firewall uh, engineer who's able to clean up my firewall rules by 600 plus rules, and they're point-to-point rules, which is a very simple point-to-point -point over port kind of protocols. Uh, mm -hmm. and and so you've really got to, anytime you can clean up lost or, or legacy rules in your firewall, you're mm -hmm. reducing the number of things and, and times you have, you have holes between your, your segmentation. Yeah. And, and you're also going to get better performance on that firewall too, right? It doesn't have as many uh, rules to evaluate. So it's going to be a little more speedy and maybe you don't have to upgrade it so soon. <laughs> so better performance, more security. Um, maybe you could end this sentence with, uh, with no outages, right? That would be an excellent way to end this sentence. Uh, remove 600 plus redundant rules uh, while better segmenting the network with no production outages, right? Yeah, great. That might be an interesting end to that. Okay, one more and then we'll move on. But uh, uh, 
I really like that compound way of doing it because you're you're really using two lines for that bullet. Mm-hmm. But you told me a lot, and you were very efficient with the words you chose in doing that. And there's a lot of benefits in there that you've uh, that you've talked about, right? How it's actually helped. I, I think your ability to demonstrate business value that you can create business value and deliver business value is super, super helpful to making me believe that you're the person that I should bring on my team. Right. Uh, another, another example, and, and this will be my last example for now is I built an IOT device. Cool. That's kind of, kind of sexy, right? I built an yeah. IOT device to measure environmental variables and report using a mesh network with Bluetooth connectivity. I don't know. No. I'm making this up. <laughs> no, no, it's it's good. Um, but I think that um, um, like that particular bullet, I think wins the award for the for the most you know jargony terms and <laughs> you know like that's something I'd expect to see at the RSA conference on the show floor. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Um, but it's going to trigger a conversation, right? If all of your bullets look like this, you're going to be in trouble. But I think a few where I built an IoT device is an interesting thing. Uh, there is no measure in this one. Uh, it says to measure environmental variables and report using. And then from there, we're starting to use buzzwords. And we do need mm-hmm. to to tighten that one up a little bit. Good call. Well, I, I, uh, I think these are excellent examples. Um, so... Uh, you know what I'm going to do is uh, is I'm going to I'm going to uh, take a couple of these and put them in the show notes for folks um, so that they can uh, you know they can look That's at them later on. Okay, so those are some examples of what you ought to do. Now I got to tell you, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we've seen plenty of examples of what you should not do. <laughs> so I okay. came across a resume last week that had three jobs in the last year, which is okay because they were contract jobs and that's a normal thing in some of our some of our worlds. This person had a four-month job with 12 bullets describing their activity in that job. Okay, so that's a lot. How can you be in four months of a job and only have tw- and and have 12 bullets already? And so I'm thinking like uh, that that resume must have been like several pages. It was a long right? one. Yeah, it was a long one. And that's really the issue. It's not that we don't uh, want to deny you, you know, your achievements. Like, that's not the issue at all. No, it's your job to filter the most important things, bubble them to the top so that I can see and evaluate you on the most important things. Because if if you don't filter your resume for the things that are most important, I'm going to filter your resume for the things I see fastest. And, the, and the, those may not be the best ones. May not be what you want. Yeah. So you do the filter work for me and you're, we're going to be more successful. This is a reminder that I do suggest we have two different variations of our resume. Mm-hmm. The human reading resume and the machine learning resume, right? When you mm-hmm. submit one through the computer, you can put as many bullets in there as you want. When you submit it through email or, yeah. or in person, I want it to be tight and, and clean. Yeah. And to the extent that your resume is not uh, you know, nice and tight and clean and, and following these rules... Um, you know, it just makes me feel like you're putting the burden on me as the hiring manager to sort and sift and do, do that lifting that, that, you know, it's like, uh, I need people on my team who aren't going to bring me their problems. Right. I'm thinking Uh about peacocks right now. I can't, I don't know why, but anyway, so. So did you read your own (laughs) resume, right? 
could could you sit down and read your own resume? Would it be fun for you to do that? Because if someone else has prepared it for you, does it read like you wrote it, right? And can you stand behind it? And does it does it keep your attention? Because if it doesn't keep your attention, yeah, I guarantee you're not holding mine. Yeah. And if somebody else wrote it for you and I ask you, oh, wow, uh, you did a mesh network. Well, that's unusual because, you know, normally I see it deployed differently. Um, why did you do it that way? And if you look surprised when I ask you that. Oh, goodness. Not good. Not good. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> not good at all. Well, okay, yeah, those, takes, that takes those us to big some, claims. So, right? so yeah. do you have any other bad examples that are top of mind for you? Well, let's go to big claims, right? Okay. If, if you uh, uh, if you claim that you invented the internet, <laughs> <laughs> Senator Gore, take probably your seat. a stretch. <laughs> Did you build the first bread slicer? Probably a stretch, right? You invented uh, the question mark. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, no, you didn't build the first bread slicer. Maybe you automated it, or maybe you built the logging for it. But please don't exaggerate in these bullets, right? Yeah. Um, that is, that's important for me to be able to trust that when you say you can do something, I can trust you can do it. One of the key things we actually interview for is being able to say, I don't know. Mm. Uh, if, if you aren't confident enough in what you know to be able to say, I don't know, when you found the edge mm -hmm. and you start making things up, it's not going to end well for you in the interview. No. And no. it's not going to go well for you in the job if you, if you should happen to get it. Right. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yes, and it does become parts of interview lore at the company when when people make up protocols and start describing that protocol that they secured one time long ago. <laughs> uh, but I, I'll leave that one in the in the drawer for now. Okay, right? all right. Um... Uh, come on, guys, get some spelling and conjugation and basic command of your work. Um, just control the stuff you're putting forward so that I know that you're able to describe what you did and how I can plan with you for you to be able to do that for me. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yep. Spell check, grammar check, Grammarly. If there that's are what you need, something this. like that. I mean, there's lots of tools that will help you avoid some of those, uh, you know, terrible. Always do that. Mistakes. And the last, the last pitfall I'm going to call out before uh, we got to jump to the next thing is too many fluffy words with no scoring behind it. Uh, I think you called me out on that already with the mesh <laughs> network. But uh, if if you have more adverbs than metrics, you're going the wrong way, mm. right? Then I must say categorically that the exhaustive nature of your content brought very little learning to the table. Right? Verbosed with a capital V, man. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Oh, and and that's and that's not easy. I mean, let's 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 be um, you know let's be realistic here. Um, writing is hard. Mm -hmm. uh, most people in cybersecurity, information security that I've met hate writing anyway. So you know it, the deck is kind of stacked against a lot of folks here. So um, so we get it, but that doesn't change the fact that that these are the things that we're looking for. That's true. That's now. True. Um, Okay, so another really bad idea in the job history section is to is to serve up a dense wall of text <laughs> written in the narrative. 
looking like you use the voice to text function on your computer, but never bothered to go back and clean it up. <laughs> not helping you. Yeah. No, not at all. I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to go, ugh, and I'm going to go to the next one. I am sure um, you're a fascinating individual. Yeah, and 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 I am going to clear you for takeoff to fascinate somebody else. That's there you I go. go. <laughs> um, uh, another thing I've seen people do in the job history section, which is a little misguided, I think, which is they, you know, they, maybe they've got some um, some hobby that they really enjoy, and they've they've gotten some experiences and they're kind of peripheral or maybe not. And those end up on the resume. And I just kind of, you know, giant question mark over my head. I just don't get it. Well, if you're um, a new graduate and they have limited work experience, but they had a couple of classes with interesting related course material, do you think that's a situation where maybe I can integrate the two? Um, yeah, I think if, if you do it well and, and you, and you're thoughtful about the job that you're applying for and you're putting something in there that, is applicable, then sure. Yeah. But so if you know, you've got a solid work history, be careful. So if you if you're a, a recent graduate with one or two jobs behind you and you want to fill out your resume and you have a hobby of remote control cars, please don't tell me you like racing remote control cars and they're really, really fast. But if you're interested in the RF frequencies and how the wireless radio happens around corners then that's a phenomenal topic to have a conversation about. Mm, yeah. Okay. Did you catch that, listeners? There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, and, you know, again, just want to acknowledge that if you're a good cybersecurity professional and you've got lots of experience, there's no doubt you could have dozens of bullets for each of your previous employers and, um, and your resume could go on for days. So, Wes, do you have any um, suggestions for how they can winnow it down to the best ones? Uh, emphasize the most important things. The, emphasize the skills that you you listed in your skills section. Mm. So your, show your skills in action. You do. You do. Your most recent two jobs can have five or six bullets each, right? Especially okay. if you've been there a couple of years. You're, they can have five or six bullets for your most recent two jobs. Mm -hmm. After that, I don't think so. I think you get about three bullets per job. Okay. And, and you get maybe one more bullet for each additional year you work there. But I'd really like to keep this limited because uh, you've got to get this resume under two pages. Right. And, and between your summary and your skills, and now you're starting to put your education and then your, your uh, uh, job history... Five or six mm -hmm. bullets for the first two and three bullets for each additional is probably about all you can spend. I can attest this is a difficult thing to do, but I think these these rules of thumb are really, uh, really helpful. So I um, appreciate that. So um, one other thing that we want to uh, also bring up uh, is as a hiring manager is, you know, uh, invited you into the interview, they're looking at your job history section and you may very well be asked, why did you leave your last job? Oh goodness, that can be a rough one. That is one of the hard questions. And and uh, uh, there's a lot of soul searching going into that answer for a lot of folks when that question is asked. Yeah, especially if there's an awkward reason. <laughs> I think the most important thing is never throw stones, right? Uh, never throw rocks at your previous employers. Mm -hmm. um, what would be some good reasons to leave a previous job? 
what what, what might be good reasons, right? Uh, a life move, right? Uh, I got married. Uh, I had to. What did you, uh, sick parents? Maybe I had to move. Yeah, across yeah, yeah. I was parents. living on the East Coast. My parents got sick. I wanted to be closer mm-hmm. to them. Um, expecting our first child and want to move closer to uh, mm-hmm. you know to relatives to get better support. So those um, are spouse, excellent. spouse's career, right? Um, yeah, you know, co- you know, present my spouse got a really great opportunity, and um, I wanted to support my spouse, and so you know, I'm I'm moving with my spouse, and we're you know, I got to change jobs. So the company is downsizing. Maybe there's a, a group layoff, right? A reduction in force might be a reason that's pretty natural, right? Yeah, yeah, Just- that happened to me once, and um, and uh, you know, it 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 really felt personal. It felt um, awkward. Um, and, and I just, you know, I had to uh, figure out a way to discuss it in, in job interviews um, in, a, in a productive way. Uh, it was difficult, but, but I think if you can do it, I think, I think you know, that's a perfectly valid reason. Maybe you just finished a, a career milestone. You just finished a, a degree program or a certification and it's it's time to stretch your legs and grow. Uh, I think that's a reasonable reason, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes you can say, "I'd run my course at that company, right? I own my future, and I can't grow any further in that spot. It's time for me to to replant and grow in a bigger pot." Boy, I really like that one because I'm searching for candidates with a growth mindset, and so you know I'm looking for indicators. I want tells, right? That you that you want to grow, you want to get smarter, you want to get more skilled, you're interested in new problems, that, you know, maybe you like change. Uh, and so those are good things. And and uh, so, yeah, so I, I like that one. But Indeed. I, I got to admit that, you know, sometimes it's, it's tempting, you, you, you know, you're leaving an organization, maybe you felt like you've, you've been treated badly. And you really want to write one of those take this job and shove it emails, and Don't do send it. it, send it to all staff. <laughs> Don't take the bait. Don't do it. Leave well. Oh, well, you know what? As That's great advice, and you should definitely resist the temptation. But I've seen it done a couple of times. And, oh, it's just the most cringy thing. It doesn't make me feel sympathetic no. you know, or, or anything to the, to the people who did it. I just think, oh, my gosh, what a, what a bad move. So, Kip, if I'm in a spot where I ethically disagree with some uh, decision the company is making, right, and I decide to leave because of that, right, maybe let's pick an absurd example, right? Sure. The company has decided we do not want to encrypt web traffic, right? We Mm -hmm. just uh, fundamentally don't have the time to encrypt web traffic and me as a security professional, I believe there's no way we can operate without encrypting web traffic. Uh, our customers expect that, and and I won't put my job title, uh, won't put my name next to a company that won't do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I leave the company with an ethical disagreement. Is that a good reason here, or how do we handle that? I got to tell you, <clears throat> while I I don't have any problem with, with that issue in general, right? To, to feel that, you know, data should be encrypted. Um, and, and maybe even there was, there could have been a regulatory, you know, requirement right. to encrypt it. Right. Um, but I just really have to question somebody who chose that hill to die on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> was, was that really worth a career? I mean, 
Um, because here's the thing that happens all the time in our work, doesn't it? I mean, it's not our risk decision. We don't, we don't own it. Our job is to help make the, the pros and cons of a risk decision known to the risk decision maker. Um, and so I can, I can absolutely understand not being happy with that decision, but I just don't know that, that, that you should die on that hill. And it may not be the right way to start a new conversation with a new company either. No, <laughs> no. Cause now I'm wondering about your judgment, right? So if I come to you and I say, look, this is the decision. Uh, we're going to take some risk here. I need your help to make this as successful as possible. Are you just going to quit on me right there on the spot? Are you going to refuse to, to, you know, to help make the best of a risk decision that, you know, that we didn't necessarily want? Um, you know, so that's, that's what's uh, floating around in my mind. So what are some bad answers to this question? To the question of why did you leave your last job? What would be, what would be some answers that maybe um, just don't go there? Well, I got, you know, I would, I, there's a whole bunch, but I would put them in a couple of buckets, right? So any kind of an answer that would suggest to me that you're running away from a job I think is uh, is you know going to raise my eyebrows. Um, so, for example, um, you know my boss singled me out, and um, you know, and and I w- I was victimized. Well, if that's true, then you know, um, you know, did did you did you take advantage of you know um, mechanisms to to right. deal with that, right? Because most companies have mechanisms for dealing with that. Um, and uh, or somebody didn't like me, or I didn't like working with somebody. Um, so these are all reasons why you're running away from something, and you're not running towards me. I'm just, you know, uh, the next ship or the next bus out of town. That doesn't make me feel like, you know, you really <laughs> want to be with us on, in our our team. So anything right. that kind of sounds like running away, I think, is problematic. And I think the other bucket that that um, that kind of raises the flag for me is self-centered reasons, you know, like, um, you know, well, they made this change and I just couldn't live with it. Wait a minute. Eey. Wait a minute. They made a change and I couldn't live with it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't nope. adapt. Nobody's going to say that in the interview, right? They're not going to say uh, somebody made a change and I couldn't adapt. They're going to say uh, the company made big plans to go north and I didn't really agree with them going north. Uh, they're not going to say it was their fault. They're going to say it was the company's fault. It doesn't you matter. Know, I may hear it as, well, you didn't adapt. Yeah. I mean, these things can be said in a number of different ways, but I got to be honest with you. I've, I've heard people say it very bluntly. I did not like exchange and I got to get out of here as fast as possible. Will you give me a job? I mean, it was oh, almost that... <laughs> that bald faced at least um, they're direct yeah yeah points for directness <laughs> so um but anyway so those are the two kind of you know the big buckets of of of, of things that that i don't that i don't really want to hear an otherwise great candidate um you know to go to those places right. uh i really don't want to hear the phrase not my job right mm. they had me doing a bunch of stuff that wasn't my job um I, I can't tell you exactly what your job is going to be here either. Right. We need some flexibility. Player. Right. Every job is going to have 15% of sweeping the floor at the end of the day. Right. Well, and you know what? With the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, I mean, oh my gosh, most people had to start doing something a little bit different because we, we had to cope. 
right? We all did. So, um, so that's what you know. We need flexibility. We need people who are gonna who are going to, um, you know, adapt. Yep. So some neutral reasons that could go either way, right? I was bored. I wasn't challenged enough. Uh, there was a big change coming, and and I uh, I wasn't sure if I was ready for it, or I wasn't sure if there was a chair for me after the big change, right? Mm. If there's a merger and acquisition, uh, if there's a potential layoff someday, um, that can boomerang on you, right? Because the yep. new company may may know of a scary change coming for them, and uh, uh, and they already know that that's not something that you're probably going to do well at weathering, right? So you might get a pass. <laughs> a pass to go and look for another job yeah i mean so, never even get hired right so um that's what a tragedy but that but they're neutral right so i mean maybe maybe um you know maybe they'll 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 fall well and maybe they won't right maybe not take the risk right let's just look at real good healthy reasons for why we might leave a job before we leave it mm-hmm. and then let's Let's talk about that when we when we get to the next opportunity with with transparency that says uh, I was growing and I needed to grow in this direction and I, I gave it thought and this is how we moved. Yeah, that that's good because you know that I think that reflects sound decision making. So you know I think that's a good light to have on yourself. So all right, well uh, I hope that this was helpful. Um, do you have any anything any last thing to say, Wes, before we uh, call it a Call it an episode. I think the key word is leave well, right? Uh, no matter mm-hmm. where you go, you got to leave well. Um, and when you write about it, write about it well. Filter your own results uh, because I can't read a book right now. And when you filter it for me, then I get to see the most important pieces uh, from your perspective uh, instead of just picking random bullets in a, in a long, long list. Yeah. And I'm just going to add one thing to that, which is if you do get laid off, don't throw your box of business cards down the hall and and let everybody (laughs) watch them flutter to the ground as you storm off with a little black cloud over your head. I actually saw somebody do that once. (laughs) No, there's so many better ways, right? Because we still have relationships and we still have people we've worked with in the past and we still have people, uh, connections that we want to maintain in the future. Yeah. I mean, the person you work with today might be your boss tomorrow. You just don't know. You just don't know. Okay, well, listen, everybody, if you like our podcast, then you should consider signing up for our masterclass. It's called How to Get Your Dream Cybersecurity Job as Told by Hiring Managers Like Me, Like Wes, Like Others. And listen, back in April, one of our students got his dream cybersecurity job before he even finished all the lessons, and it's an inspiring story. And I invite you to to hear about it. You can read about it, and then you can actually listen to Steve get interviewed about it. So just go over to yourcyberpath.com forward slash Steve and uh, check out his story. And we're just so thrilled for him. So until next time, remember, you're just one path away from your dream cybersecurity job.